Welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. I am not your host, Seth Gruber. <laughs> but I am so excited to have Seth with us today. And on this podcast, as you all know, it's our weekly dive into biblical worldview and applying the Lordship of Jesus into all of life. And I just want to say thanks for making the time to be with us on the podcast today. We've had a busy couple of days already. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when this is going to air in the next couple of weeks, I guess, but we will have been at the Lake County Right to Life banquet uh, where Seth was the speaker and did a phenomenal job. We had a couple hours of a deep dive this morning into the uh, ideological uh, history, I guess, of uh, some really bad seed that has been planted uh, that is producing horrific uh, fruit right now in America and around the world. But back to Seth. Seth is the president of the White Rose Resistant, also a uh, podcast uh, every week called Unaborted. That's right. And, uh, and again, uh, a national leader in the whole pro-life movement. Uh, and we're just grateful that you're on the show with us today. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, Pastor Ron. Yeah, it's good to uh, be with you, man. You, you were talking about uh, last night, ideas have consequences. and Bad um, ideas have victims. And bad ideas have victims. We're seeing the, the, uh, the victims. Um, uh, the, the body is literally strewn all around us in American culture today. Talk a little bit about right. um, where you took us, I guess, maybe last night. Uh, to, how, how, do we, how do we get in such a place today where uh, there's such moral blindness and so much damage going around? I mean, so many casualties, not, not only with the unborn, but just with the uh, whole LGBT transgender movement, the mutilation of children. I mean, the list goes on and on. We don't, or we don't even know what a man is, a woman is. Um, you, did, you did such a great deep dive, and we're not going to get there in this podcast in the short time that we have. But Talk about ideas and consequences and why you're doing, I guess, what you're doing today, because it's so important. Well, I think, Pastor Ron, most of the issues we're facing come from a lack of moral teaching from the pulpit, actually. Mm. That's actually um, kind of my more fundamental um, premise. Messing with the pulpit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, as Reagan said, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. And my organization is built off of the story of the White Rose Resistance in Nazi Germany and a bunch of 20-somethings that were leading this anti-Nazi Christian resistance movement. And they were publicly criticizing the doers of evil because they understood that this is nothing new. Yeah. I mean, these were people who were grounded in the history of the world, in the history of the West, um, very rooted in a biblical worldview. You know, I, we were talking earlier at dinner about, you know, the power of the American mind in the 1850s with yeah. the Lincoln-Douglas debates. I mean, most American citizens at yeah. that time had a fairly robust understanding of a lot of things that we can't even assume our congregants understand anymore. Yeah. Things about political philosophy, yeah. human nature, history, different political attempts at different forms of government over the history of the world. That's now lost on most people. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> what we have to understand is that what we're living through <clears throat> is wicked and evil, but we only think it's so um, wicked and evil because we become so accustomed to American liberties and freedoms. Yeah. Excuse me. <clears throat> we think that like, oh, this is unprecedented in American, you know, right. uh, our political project. Yeah, in a way in our political project, but not in the history of the world. Exactly. Our form of government is so unique. Yeah. It's insulated us yeah. from experiencing tyranny to the degree and frequency that most people who came before us did. Right. It's so incredibly unique. And so tyranny moves slower 
in America because yeah. of our form of government. So this totalitarian Marxist takeover of America that we're experiencing, that's been walking through the institutions for so long, that's been brewing under the surface for so long, the only reason it's taken so long is because of our form of government. If we right. weren't a constitutional republic, these All utopian the Marxist tyrants and... would have accomplished their political takeover yeah. decades ago, over 100 years ago. Yeah. So we stand on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. And we think that we're flying. But you, you made a point about the pulpit to start with. And maybe because I'm a pastor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to there. I, I'm getting there. So I'm actually, <laughs> okay. actually okay. I'm, I'm still answering the same yeah. question, brother. Yeah. So, so because of the ignorance in the public, because of our, our, our weird belief that like we think that like, like, we never lived through this before. What's going on? This is unprecedented. Right? Right. It, it, it's, it's because of the ignorance about history and human nature and religion that would lead to saying something as foolish as that. Yeah. What we're living through is actually not all that unique. Now, tr transing the kids a little bit more unique, right. but the ideologies behind that and the, and the kooky religious precepts behind that are actually nothing new at all. Right. Um, and so if this fight is nothing new, if this type of evil is not only not new, but it's actually not as bad as what other cultures have done over the last 6,000 right. years, right. Then what? Well, then we need to stop blaming the doers of evil. We need to stop thinking that like they're to blame and, and how could they do this? And we need to start looking in the mirror yeah. and saying, what hath my apathy wrought? Yeah. Why have I not said anything? And to quote my friend and dear brother, Bill Federer, every king has a counselor, wow. right? Yep. So who's the king in America? We the people, yeah. the sovereign, we're the yeah. king in America. So who's the counselor to we the people, the king in America? It was supposed to be the pulpits. Mm. And the pulpits have gone silent. They have for a long time. Now, we're going to talk about some good news. I think there's a stirring and a shaking and awakening <laughs> happening. Yes, yes, there but is. the pulpits have gone silent for so long, and there's many reasons for that. But I go back to my answer. I think most of the issues our country is facing stem from a lack of moral teaching from the pulpit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the pulpits in colonial America were the thought leaders. You know, you came to church to get educated, That's not right. just on how to have a personal relationship with the Lord or typical discipleship issues, but, but pastors were touching on all types of issues uh, from the pulpit, That's right. from, from property taxes to tyranny, re religious liberty, uh, yeah. you know, the right to bear arms. I mean, all these things were first preached in the pulpit. Yeah. And, uh, and you brought That's up right. a, an important point in the, in the, the white rose resistance uh, a gal by the name of sophie uh, she had more courage and more insight and more prophetic understanding of her day than most of the pulpits in, in germany at do. the time yeah and most pastors in america do as yeah. well yeah yeah but yeah. certainly and more most, pa most pulpits in germany yeah and way more courage that's yeah. exactly right um so I guess, how, how do we get here and, and what do we do to get out? You know, I've been, I've been trying to encourage pastors for most of my life uh, to speak on these issues. Uh, of course, we have a very narrow view of the gospel these days. Um, and I think one of the things I've appreciated about uh, my time with you so far and our, with our people is just a, a fresh challenge for the church to be involved. Uh, for courage to come back into our hearts, to realize the spiritual warfare that you're right. talking about is nothing new. This has been going on since the garden and since the fall. Yep, that's right. Um, and to understand the spiritual dimensions behind it. But this really is a time for uh, Christians to get involved and for the church to rise up. That's right. And there's, <clears throat> there will always be a battle. Um, that's just part of what it means to be human. Yeah. Uh, people want power. 
Um, they want to be in control. They want to set the terms of engagement. I mean, like we used to understand this about human nature and politics, yeah. that, that there, there would be a dominant morality. Yeah. There would be a dominant compass yeah. or, or religion that reigns in the public square. <clears throat> and, you know, a lot of the lies of liberalism actually were that, uh, that there could be this sort of apolitical space, that there could exactly. be kind of this, this new neutral space right. um, that we could all agree Naked to, to leave square. the politics out of. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And that, that's never been the case. It's one of the most rotten lies of liberalism yeah. and frankly of libertarianism as well. Yes. Um, and I think people shouldn't realize that, right? Yeah. And so uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn uh, has this powerful line, the survivor of the Russian gulags, yep. uh, who wrote the book, The Gulag Archipelago. Yeah. And he says, in keeping silent about evil and burying it so deep within us that no sign of it appears on the surface, we were implanting it. Mm. And it would then rise up a thousandfold in the future. Wow. We have to understand that this, the culture where we've been in for so long, it, it was always a proxy war for a deeper spiritual mm -hmm. war. There are layers of religious assumptions packed yeah. into the culture war. Yeah. And so as Cardinal Manning famously said, all human conflict is ultimately theological. Mm -hmm. So when we abdicate those spaces and we keep silent about evil, right. we bury it right. because we just want to preach the gospel. Right. And, and we don't want our associations with a political party, their policies or president to harm our Christian witness. Because yeah. then the Democrats were trying to lead to Jesus. They won't want to hear the gospel right. if they find out that I voted for Trump. We heard a lot of these the kind of things. The gospel of niceness. That's I always, right. I always say people uh, have the, the problem with trying to be more nice than Jesus. Of course, Jesus is the epitome of, of virtue. But somehow we think we can, you know, again, take that approach and that everybody's just going to come flocking to Jesus be, right. while we avoid the issues. Yeah. Like you said, bury them and then reap a thousand, you know, evils in their stead yeah. from simply not addressing it. And, and so... <clears throat> Let's look at some of the issues we're talking about today. We're talking about abortion, child sacrifice. We're talking about transgenderism, yep. that a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy, and gender and sex is malleable and subjective. And so biology and, and our physical nature doesn't provide any signals or right. rational basis for kind of understanding who people are. Right. Um, we're talking about the removal of parental rights, which is what every communist degenerate always believed. Yep. Hitler would say things like, I don't care if you disagree with me. I have your children in my schools. You know, right. like th this belief that the state owns children and that they're better situated. Turning parents against their that's children right. against their parents. <clears throat> right. That's a biblical thing too, right? Sister <laughs> against mother, <laughs> son against father, the whole thing. Yep. And this belief though, that the state is better situated to educate children than the parents. Um, uh, the kooky pornographic sets, sex set in the schools, which is, I mean, ha you almost had a Tea Party level grassroots uprising happening. Yeah. Of Mama Bears and Papa Bears speaking well, at school board in, meetings. In Virginia. <clears throat> complete flip-flop of Loudoun the County. leadership. Yeah, yeah, I was just with Pastor Gary Hamrick for the yep. White Rose Tour. Yep. He's become a new friend, wonderful brother. And the, the, the man whose daughter was raped, one of the two daughters that was raped by this dude who said he was yep. a girl and got into the girls' restrooms, that, that, that dad actually goes to Cornerstone Chapel now with Gary Hammer and got saved, and oh, his family wow. goes to that church now. What a cool story. But like all these things we're talking about, right? We're talking about fundamentally spiritual issues now. Right. We're not merely talking about like, you know, um, what, so, so what, what exactly is the tax rate that's moral or immoral? Like we're talking about fundamental rape. spiritual issues, <laughs> yeah. right? And <clears throat> when the, <clears throat> I'm so sorry to ruin your podcast. <clears throat> I just got a tickle. Great. Um, when pastors and Christians refuse to speak to those issues, right? Because they say, I'm not political. No, it's actually, actually you're, you're refusing to preach against false religion that masquerades as just the politics right. to keep the politically impotent pastor silent yeah. um, because they, they, they don't want to harm their Christian witness. And so listen, when we talk about politics, and I know you know this, Pastor Ron, but for people listening, when we talk about politics, we're really talking about applied morality, aren't we? Mm -hmm. uh, 
because it's a constitutional republic, so we all got to get together. We're life together. Exactly. We got to figure out how we're going to get together because we all share the space. So you're talking about applied morality. How do you mm-hmm. apply moral principles to our form of government to dictate what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, what laws are on the books and what's allowed and what's not? But when you talk about applied morality, you're really talking about morality in general. Mm-hmm. Um, is there such a thing as objective truth? Right. <laughs> is it all subjective? Can man be God? Or is there a dominant actual moral standard that we're all beholden to? When you, when you talk about morality, you're actually assuming certain things about epistemology, mm-hmm. the study of knowledge, how right? How we know what we know. Can we know things yeah. at all? Can yep. we know? Yeah. And, a man and how do we know? Yeah. Or are we going to be like the old Gnostics who say, um, well, there, there is an objective morality, it does exist, but we can't access it because we're, we're trapped behind our sense perceptions, right? right? So when you, <clears throat> so listen, we're zooming out now, right? When you talk about <clears throat> politics, you're talking about applied morality. When you talk about applied morality, you're assuming certain things about morality in general. When you talk about morality, you're actually assuming certain things about epistemology that you can actually know things about right. truth and false. When you when you talk about epistemology, you're actually assuming certain things about um, ontology and teleology. What's the purpose of man? Why are right. we here? Um, who made us? Right? Right. What, like, what, what's the purpose of my body? What's the purpose of my mind? Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of my family? What, why am I allowed to have kids in the first place? Right? Like, like this mic only fulfills its telos, its purpose, right. to the right. extent that it projects my docent tones to your listeners. Right? But when you talk about um, teleology and ontology, you're assuming certain things about theology. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand that packed within our cultural and political lives and debates are, are packed in layers of assumptions mm-hmm. about these various forms of knowledge, these various um, ways to view the world, and ultimately assumptions about God and religion. Yep. Who made us? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And so you can't escape that. Right. Um, that's why I love, I just cited him, Cardinal Manning said, all human conflict is ultimately theological. When you zoom out from these issues and debates, you, you end up back at the conversation of, is there a God? Who made us? Right. Where do we come from? What's, What's our the purpose? Meaning of all this? You can't avoid that. Yeah. But but most Americans and Christians, Pastor Ron, have not been discipled or educated or equipped mm-hmm. to go that deep to mm-hmm. understand. Well, when hey, when well hey, when you talk about abortion, you're 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 actually talking about morality. Like, is right. it wrong to kill innocent human beings, or can we do whatever the hell we want? Right. But when you talk about that, I guess what you're really talking about is what does it mean to be human, mm-hmm. right? Uh, is there anything exceptional about humans yeah. that makes us maybe more significant than the cow and the dog? Right. When you talk about that, you start to say, well, then I guess what we're really talking about is what's the purpose of man? Do we have a reason why we're here or are we just cosmic electrified sludge banging around in the universe so we can do whatever the hell we want? Yeah. Yeah. And look, that, that, oh, but when you talk about that, I guess you can't really escape the question of like, if human beings do have dignity that's different from the cow, the dog, and the cat, then who gave us that dignity? Right. And how did we get here? You cannot avoid the fact that all human conflict is ultimately theological. So when we refuse to engage on these issues, not only are we, are we apathetic, not only are we preaching a false gospel or refusing to preach against false religion, we're, we're subtly informing our congregations that the gospel has nothing to say to those issues. Yeah. We're right. saying that I, as your pastor... I don't know how to tell you 
how to think about those issues. I'm not going to touch on them or preach on them. So you're, you're, you're silently communicating to your flock that Christianity is not big enough to handle your questions. Right. Questions on issues that most of our flocks, Ron, are very confused on and seeking yeah. clarity for. So <laughs> what did you just do? And here's my last point. You sent them into the arms of the secular culture and the high priests of humanism to find answers to right. questions that you wouldn't apply the full counsel of God to. Yeah. That's why I said to your first question, most of the issues we're facing in America come from a lack of moral teaching from the pulpit. Yeah. So, you know, the, the problem being, I have found people... We, we think of the, the by and by, right? We think of eternal life and preparing people for eternal life. My, my dad used to say, if that was the end goal, we should just get you saved and then execute you, you so yeah. that you don't backslide <clears throat> That's right. you know, between now and eternity. Which means you should also love abortion because then we know those babies go straight to heaven. There you they go. They won't have a chance to fall back. Isn't that wonderful? I'm it's, sure that's what God would want. It's a warped understanding. But, but here's the deal too. People, people forget that like, we have a life to live. So I talk to people, do you want to pay high taxes? Do you want the government stealing all of your money and redistributing? your wealth? Uh, do you want to have a, a great marriage? Do you want to be able to raise kids in a culture where they're not being consumed by perversion all around them? Uh, do you want media, uh, you know, entertainment options and choices? Would you like as Christians for your children to have the same opportunities in the world that the secularists do? Because right yeah. now, if the word public is in front of things, you're going to be limited on your belief system, whether you're going to be able to be hired for that job. I mean, like we have a life to live. Uh, yep. uh, and God wants us to, to, to take dominion on planet Earth and to uh, uh, create a culture that brings him glory and honor. Yep. And we're just talking about the sweet by and by. And you got a 16 year old that's going, I'm not planning on dying anytime soon. So like, what is my purpose in life? Um, and why isn't my church providing me with the bigger picture? Yep. And uh, so I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, just challenging us to to address the issues. Like, like it, it irks me. I'll, I'll call pastors and say, did you talk about such and such? This just happened. This is going to have a huge impact on religious liberty. Did anybody in your church talk about this? And they don't even know about it. No. Nope. Yeah. Most of them don't even know what's going nope. on. Nope. Just business as usual. Yep. Ahead in the sand. And like major liberties are being attacked. Yep. Um, and, uh, and and again, so it's just a wake-up call to me. Like if you care about your kids and the future and you're not going to be a politician and just kick the problem down the road, um, then we've got to get engaged. And yeah. and so I know I've tried to do that. We, we try to preach series. You know, we did a series called Me, M-E, uh, <laughs> and it was all about identity. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and about this transgender craziness and the bad ideas uh, that led to the craziness that we're in today. And you touched on so much of that today. Let's get back in particular on the issue of life, because that's where you have, have dedicated your life and your calling. Yep. Talk a little bit about that unique beginning. Uh, I love how God shaped you for this call. Um, and kind of just uh, where you see things moving, you know, Roe v. Wade, of course, that was a major win for us um, being um, dismantled and, yeah. uh, and shot down. We were told that would never happen, right? Exactly. And most people thought that will never happen in our lifetime. Uh, and yet here we are. Uh, but we know the, the battle hasn't ended. So maybe you could frame for our listeners, what does that look like? Uh, and, and what do we need to be doing right now? Yeah, know? yeah. So, yeah, my mother was a director of a pregnancy resource center in Los Angeles County while pregnant with me. And she stepped down after 
because she gave birth to me. So she directed that, sent her through all nine months of pregnancy with me. So I've been a pro-life activist since I was a fetus. Yeah. So I say I've been, I've been sassy since conception. You've been um, in all those counseling sessions and yeah, saving. That's right. Saving well, because they told me my body, my choice. So they told me there was only one, one body involved. So if there's only one body involved, then there was no baby's body. It was always part of the mother's body, which means every baby my mother saved while directing a pregnancy resource center, I saved. Because I guess there was only one body. Uh, and so follow the science, Pastor Ron. You science denier, Republican rude, domestic terrorist, right? Uh, to quote Merrick Garland. Don't forget deplorable. Um, deplorables and irredeemables. That's right, right. Or to quote Margaret Singer, unfit to live, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're just kind of living through the next iteration of eugenics, right? Yeah. It, it, eugenics always, it, 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 it morphs, it, it transitions, it trances itself, yeah. but it's always, it's always a new iteration because eugenics, which is really just kind of the liturgy of humanism, yeah. um, there is no limiting principle to that political project. Yeah. There never has been because yeah. if you detach human dignity and the right to life from simply being human, right. then you can justify anything. If All you can liberate yeah. ourselves, even from the constraints of human nature itself, there's no end to your political project. And, and so, uh, of course, they're calling us this. Of course, they're arresting pro-life sidewalk counselors. Of course, they're saying that pregnancy resource centers are the great dangerous spreaders of misinformation. Yeah. Of course, Jane Fonda doesn't get any flack for saying that maybe we should murder pro-life politicians because of the threats to women's bodies that are coming since Roe v. Wade got overturned. Yeah. These shocker. people are just are, are speaking the rhetoric of all of the eugenicists before them. They're walking in the same intellectual, political, and spiritual tradition of all the yeah. humanists who've gone before them that goes back hundreds of years. None of this is new. Except they've got more cunning. Yeah. Um, actually, they've gotten more. They've gotten as wise as serpents, and certainly not innocent as doves. And they're just better at what they're doing. Yes. And so it lulls people into a silence, yeah. and it lulls people into apathy. And again, that's kind of why we're in the position we're in, because good people won't speak. So um, yeah, but then Roe v. Wade changes. I mean, wow. I mean, that's something. If you're under forty, we were told by our public schools, by our friends, by the culture, by the media, by Hollywood, that this would never get overturned. That this was yeah. settled law. Like if anything was settled. It was a woman's right yep. to get health care. You talk about kicking the demonic hornet's nest. I mean, we saw the response of the left. I mean, yep. they went off the hinge. Yeah. Uh, as you said, that's their that's their sacred uh, right yep. that they worship at the shrine. Yeah, well, they were wearing this this stupid handmaid's tail yeah. uh, <laughs> dress, like which is that that whole book is based off of the premise that the great threat to America is Christian nationalism. That's what the whole book and yeah. series is, is based off of. Yeah. That the, the Republicans want to take us back to when women are just used as sex slaves and, and have to pop out children for them. Yeah. That's really what Mitch McConnell wants. It's like, good <laughs> lord! It's like the only threat to American liberties and freedom right now it's the religion of secular humanism yes. secular globalism not christian nationalism the yes. very religion that built this country and gave you the freedoms to spout the crap that you spout exactly. uh, in dc and on national television anyway i'm getting a little carried away yeah. right now but 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 they were wearing these handmade tales things right pastor around they were walking into churches in the in about the, the 30 days after the overturning of roe versus yeah. wade I mostly catholic f- churches by the way which yeah, by oh, the yeah, way yeah. let me say something if 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 if, if stephen furtick and and Andy Stanley and Tim Keller and Rick Warren and other mega pastors who apparently are such a blessing to the body of Christ didn't have anyone walking into their churches. What does that tell you? They don't see you as a threat. It was a really important lesson, Pastor Ron. The people that these humanists dressed up in Handmaid's Tale outfits, the churches they walked into were the ones they deemed as a threat, and they were mostly Catholic churches. Wow. Which should tell the Protestant church everything it needs to know. We have abdicated this battle. 
our Catholic friends have done better protecting the preborn yeah. than we have. They've been at it a longer, a lot That's longer right. than we So have. much so that most of these people don't view Protestant churches as that much of a threat. Right. Now, obviously, we know we are and we know we can be. But I'm saying, isn't it interesting what they think? Yeah. And they were walking in and disrupting churches on Saturdays and Sundays, Ron. You know what they were chanting? Without this basic right, women can't be free. Abortion on demand and without apology. Um, without this basic right, women can't be freed. Wow. Th- that has always been the fundamental belief. Yeah. That unless you have the right to kill your own baby, you are not free. Wow. Sounds like Margaret Sanger. Yes. No gods and no masters. I'm my own god. Freedom is indulging any sexual appetite I have. Yeah. And then, oops, oh, well, I didn't uh, want a baby, so I consented to sex, but I didn't consent to pregnancy. So child sacrifice becomes the conclusion of the sexual revolution. Yeah. It's the end of the conveyor belt, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. Uh, we, we, it's a good way to say it. We, we, uh, we launched the whole sexual revolution, free sex, whatever, but then the, and then when the consequences come, we don't want to live with the baby. And That's then, right. I've always said that ultimately being pro-choice is the belief that you have the right to orgasms without responsibility. <laughs> You should be able to indulge and feel good without adopting any responsibility for your sexual choices. That's ultimately what we're dealing with. Um, And so it was fascinating to watch the liberal establishment collapse in on itself like a dying star and start manifesting their inner transgender legions, screaming (laughs) and roaring for blood and apologizing to Moloch. I'm sorry, Baal. We failed you, Moloch. (laughs) We saw some of those uh, Twitter feeds with uh, those on the left just screaming, like like demonic screaming. Because it is demonic. It is demonic. It's not ironic. It's not funny. It's real. Yeah. Demons are real. Spiritual warfare is real. And Satan has always been behind the killing of babies. Yeah. It's his it, pride it, and joy. You know, you, you hit on that in such a great way this morning, but the agenda has always been the devil hates human beings created in the image and likeness yeah. of God. Hates the family. When he looks at you, he sees your father. Yep. And he hates your guts. That's right. And, he, and, and so everything he does, it's all, it's all on that simple. Yeah. Uh, it's really just as simple as that. Evil. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to destroy as many human beings as I can in as many ways as I can. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and like you say, the, 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 the battle plan is not new, but it is it is more uh, creative now yeah. due to technology and some of the other things that, that we have in yeah. our culture. And so. by the way, the, the, the people behind all this, Ron, the people we've been facing for so long, the, the, they call themselves religious. Now, they don't as much anymore, right. uh, but they used to. It's yeah, very they interesting. Say, so spiritual, too. In, in 1954, we get the Johnson Amendment. Mm-hmm this lie that there's a separation between church and state. And that was used to get the Bible out of schools, pray yeah. out of schools, worship, yeah. the whole thing, yeah. right? Because we can't have, we can't have religious spheres that all have to be religiously neutral. Because right. our founders, don't you know, Ron, they were all deists. Right, they which, didn't which we know it. is not true. <laughs> which of course you know is not true. But, but um, so, you, so in 1954, we get the Johnson Amendment. Within four years, the American Humanist Association, <laughs> yeah, the American Humanist Association, 1958, drafts this action plan. And the action plan was to mobilize their humanists to go out and search and find instances where the Bible was being read in schools mm. or where prayer was happening in schools right. or where teachers were talking about Christianity. They, they literally, they created this action task list. I've, I've looked at it to say, go and find examples of where this is happening and challenge its constitutionality. Wow. So they were doing this within four years of the Johnson Amendment, relentlessly Mm -hmm. pursuing their religious Mm -hmm. agenda. Now, you go all the way back 
to um, the American Humanist Association's founding, which I think was like 1942, but you, you'll have to, uh, don't hold me to that, you'll have to fact check me on that. It might've been 41, 42. And their articles of incorporation say that they exist for religious reasons. Right. That, 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 this is, that, that they, they saw this as a religion. Right. Um, and so for pastors and Christians to not engage on these issues, when the modern disciples of those sexual revolutionary yeah. um, people are saying, oh, yeah, no, this is totally religious. Yeah. I mean, of course it's religious. Yes. And the public schools have become the new battleground uh, of course. For, for our kids. I mean, uh, and as you said, there's no neutrality about it. You know, for years, I, I think because of our Christian uh, inklings, Christian character, tolerance, love, you know, but there was always, who are you guys to shove your religious views down our throat, right? And we're like, oh, good point. Everybody's not a Christian. Maybe <laughs> maybe there's a shred of truth to that. And then you realize they are absolutely shoving their views down our throats, yeah. making us feel guilty when we actually yeah. stand with our convictions. That's right. We call but, it the intolerance of tolerance. Yes. and there is, But there is no <laughs> neutral ground, as you said. Yeah. And, uh, and the sooner we figure that out the more we realize, and I think it was a quote you shared from Bonhoeffer, you're going to have to, you're going to have to share it, but it was with the, if I sit next to a madman as he drives a yes, car into yes. a group of innocent bystanders, I can't as a Christian simply wait for the catastrophe to happen, then comfort the wounded and bury the dead. Yeah. I must try to wrestle the steering wheel out of the hands of the driver. To quote Bonhoeffer again, the question for a responsible man to ask is not how he is to extricate himself heroically from the affair but how the coming generation shall continue to live. All of those things require politics. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that first quote from Bonhoeffer, it, it, to me, is, again, is where we're at as a culture today, especially the, the, the evangelical church. Oh, yeah. We just want to wait. As people come, our arms are wide open. We're going to be here to try to put the pieces back together <laughs> from the devastation that's happening yeah. with your kids being yeah. mutilated. And where did and that taken, devastation come from? Yeah, it came from upstream. my passivity. It yeah. came from upstream, from ideologies, ideas, and policies. But we weren't upstream. To quote my pastor, Rob McCoy, the church waits downstream right. to pick up human heartache right. that they helped create we help, through their we political the, the crazy man behind the wheel. We're hugging him and loving him and being, you know, Jesus uh, loves you. Jesus tolerant. loves you. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, well, like, he drives over the cliff and kills a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Children are running under that bus. Yeah, you know, yeah, families yeah. are being decimated. Kids are having their genitalia chopped off. Babies are being murdered. And we're saying, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And he's, but he just continues to drive the bus over everyone. You and know, and I, then I, we I, say that we're, we're, we're so loving. We're so loving that we don't engage in the dirty business of politics. So much so that John Piper, of all people, yeah, Pastor I, I was incredibly disappointed. Writes a horrific article. Yeah. In 2020, six weeks or so before the election, yep, Pastor Rob McCoy and I did a whole treatment of it on one of his podcasts because we were so scandalized by it. And if I were to summarize that article, it, it, it would be something like this. Um, so so one guy's really meany because he's prideful and he tweets really mean things. And he, he treats <laughs> women. Slightly narcissistic. He treats women really bad. He's a big meanie. And, and so he, he has the sin of pride. And, and pride is ultimately leads to death because sin leads to death and pride is sin. And so, so, okay, so one guy, he's really prideful. This guy, he murders the babies. Uh, that's child sacrifice and that's wrong. And, uh, and, and abortion leads to death because the baby's dead. So abortion leads to death, but pride leads to death because, I mean, because I mean, all sin leads to death. So really, I can't discriminate 
or, or really exercise discretion between my two options, because either way, I would be encouraging the church in America to choose the path that leads to death, and they both do. And so who am I to figure out the righteous Christian choice to make at the ballot? Yeah. That was basically the premise of John Piper's article. It was utterly disgusting. He was conflating the personal sins of a president with the national sin of murdering babies. Right. He conflated those and said basically, he as John Piper is not smart enough to figure out the difference between the personal sin of pride in your heart right. and the national sin of murdering a million babies a year and 65 million babies since 1973. Apparently that was too much of a doozy yeah. for John Piper. He couldn't figure that one out. Yeah. And so he, he, I believe the title of the article run or the subtitle was uh, it was the subtitle or the caption on social media when he shared it was this is the closest answer you'll get from me as to who I'm voting for yeah but he didn't was, actually say who he was, was no voting answer. for but when you walk away from the yeah. article you you come away with two p options yeah either John Piper was saying don't vote Right. Or he was saying, vote for Biden. It was one of those. It was certainly not Trump. Right. Um, I mean, what a despicable thing to say yeah. from such a man who's done so much wonderful good yeah. and for again, the church you know, to be throw the that out with the bathwater, But that was, when to it comes to confused. theology of public engagement, yeah. uh, it, let's just say it's found wanting. And it is in so many arenas. You know, I like to tell our people there's a holy trinity of public engagement. And you, you hit on this, the first principle is the principle of life. If, if they get life wrong, they'll get everything else wrong. Yeah. If you can't trust a politician with your life, you can't trust them with your pocketbook, your taxes, your kids, or anything else. The second one is marriage. Because if you can't figure out the found, cornerstone of foundation of society, biblical marriage, uh, and that family unit, um, then you're really messed up as well. And the third one is religious liberty. Like, if I can't say what I believe and bring Jesus in the public arena, whether it's public school, the marketplace, politics, right. if I can't bring my faith, uh, then I have no freedom. And those three, to me, are non-negotiable. And fortunately, in, in, at least in America, in American politics on the federal level, um, we have not been confronted with the lesser of two evil kind of approach. Because at least in the last election cycle, you know, Donald Trump, has, was strongly pro-life in his policy. Uh, he, he was looking at striking down the Johnson Amendment and, and worked hard to protect religious liberty. And the third area, he was, again, he was not for gay marriage and trying to promote gay marriage. He had an understanding of at least the family unit. Uh, I don't know where all that's happened now, but, the, but at least we had a choice. Of course, Biden was wrong on all three accounts. That's right. And, I, and so I have no problem standing in the pulpit. My approach has always been not to tell people who to vote for, but I tell people who not to vote for, uh, who they cannot vote for. And then since there's only two candidates and they kind of figure out, <laughs> they can find, figure it out for themselves. How did you say it about Obama? How did you say it about Obama? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, so back in the day, right, it was Obama and uh, uh, McCain. Uh, so all you got to do is look at the platform. Yeah. There was no surprise. And uh, so I simply made the uh, non-controversial statement uh, that a vote for then-Senator Barack Obama uh, would be a sign of severe moral schizophrenia for a believer. Like, you cannot vote for this man based upon right. what his platform was. And, of course, uh, he was the great divider. I, I don't think there's been anybody that has more racially divided Americans oh, that's true, than yeah. Barack Obama. And he had the opportunity. We, uh, the, the majority of Americans voted him into office. And yet, as soon as we're in office, we deal with everybody's racist and, yep. and, and so 
separate and divide, which of course is the whole Marxist plan anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, to pit people against one another. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Make us all, you know, create chaos everywhere. And uh, yeah. anyway, so, um, but but again, that's the truth. I mean, we can, we have to stop voting for wicked people. How did Rush Dooney put it? Um, moral chaos is always the prelude to statist tyranny. Mm. This vaunted freedom from law ends always in a freedom from liberty. Mm. Yes. Moral chaos is always the prelude. To Moral chaos tyranny. and cultural chaos, and then everybody's freaking out. Most people just want everything to be peaceful, no matter what the cost. And so now you have tyranny. So you're in comes a tyrant taking... who says, give me some emergency powers temporarily yep. to solve yep. these problems. But then we never get those emergency powers back. That, that was my biggest <laughs> argument during COVID. Just a side note here. Yeah. Nobody does that better than Bill Federer, by the way. Oh, he, yeah, he's he, he does a whole history on how that's always been the playbook of revolutionaries. Yeah. Is is to is to cause the disease. Yeah. And then come with the antidote, but saying the 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 the, the prerequisite for the antidote is I need a bunch of power. Yes. To solve the disease that I uh, I. Cost. That we created behind uh, the scenes. Yeah, yeah. The uh, and then, then you never get those powers back. And well, Bill Federer does that from like Plato to present. Yeah. So, <laughs> so quick, quick book recommendation here. Bill Federer's book called Socialism, a must read. Encourage you to pick up a from copy Plato of that. Plato to present. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Um, back to that situation though. On um, uh, where were we at? Help me. I Chaos. Chaos. Oh, okay. So yeah, the biggest thing with COVID for me was. We have unelected bureaucrats making Fauci, policy. Collins, yeah. Local health departments telling us what we can and can't do. We had our governor telling us whether we could take communion or not take communion, whether we could sing or could not sing because of water droplets. Uh, and we've got all of these groups of people weighing in um, while there's such hypocrisy. Of course, in your state, we had... We had uh, 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 no, drug uh, yeah. marijuana dispensaries we yeah. had abortion clinics yeah. we had strip clubs that's open. right you could kill your baby get a lap dance while high yeah and those <laughs> yeah. were essential services yeah, right. those, if, you, those... if you met in your church at 50 percent capacity to worship the king of kings and the lord of lords who entered human history into uterus to redeem mankind from their sins you were a granny killer and a super spreader and and newsom leaney gavin newsom leaney uh, had an executive order saying no singing in churches yeah. but then when the high priest of humanism and the deacons in the church of progressivism hit the streets of la san francisco and Berkeley and said, America sucks, burn it down. Well, Black Lives Matter, George Floyd. He came out and said, thank you for bringing an awareness to the public health crisis of systemic racism. So we learned that COVID got woke. It only infected religious conservatives and not secular liberals. We Then we all went, okay, this is all BS. Absolutely. Uh, but, but look, to, to prove your point, right? Right. They, it, 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 they come in, they cause the problem, and then they say, give us a ton of powers um, but it's always only ever used to advance their own power and yeah. their own agenda. Wrap it up here. I, you know, this is Seth Gruber, who I so appreciate him being with me. Uh, appreciate his message. We're going to attach the uh, the notes to the. To, we had about a two 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 and a half hour session with you this afternoon that was pure wine, pure gold. It was incredible. Uh, we will attach the the link to those notes at the bottom of this podcast. But I encourage you go to his website. Check out the ministry. Check out the. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Thank uh, you. You go to sethgruber.com for my speaking schedule. Learn more. Or our, our organization's website is thewhiterose.life. www.thewhiterose.life. And we're looking for people to join us at just 
$35 a month, you get equipped with a live call every month, you get free merch, and you get trained and equipped to be a voice for the unborn in this culture of death. And we're building a team yeah. to mobilize and lead the church into action and public engagement awesome. to be like Gideon. Yeah, you're, you're, you're building an army so we don't lose our feeling altogether by <laughs> si right. simply uh, sitting on the sidelines feeling bad about things. That's so right. I appreciate you, appreciate you, your vision, Ron. and uh, thank you so much for being with Bless me today. You. And hey, until next Thursday, have an amazing week. Check out the uh, the websites that Seth just mentioned and and get involved here at Living Stones. Obviously, too, we're looking to mobilize and build up an army of uh, God-loving, Jesus-loving, life-loving activists as well. Uh, so we'd love to have you join us. And again, until next week, we'll look forward to uh, spending some time with you here on the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.